Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Welcome back to the After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Georgie here, Director of Learning and Development for the Classroom Partnership, and returning to focus on a new series of podcasts. Joined today, I am I have Helen Morgan, a previous head of school, and Andy Bridge, a current deputy principal. This is the second in our latest series of brand new podcasts aimed at early career teachers and their mentors. Launched nationally in 2021 after a regional pilot, the Early Career Framework represents a significant change in support and induction programme for teachers following their ITT. It forms a key part of the government's teaching recruitment and retention strategy, aiming to ensure all teachers are provided with high quality training opportunities throughout their career. In this podcast series, we explore the ECF, the research underpinning it, and consider the practical implications for early career teachers and their mentors. So in our first podcast, we explored what the Early Career Framework or ECF was. Today, we're focusing on mentors and we'll consider what will make a great mentor. NQTs have always had mentors, but the role of mentoring is really emphasised in the ECF even with schools receiving funding for reduced timetables to enable mentors of ECTs across their two-year induction. What's clear though is that ECTs don't just need mentors, they need great mentors. So I've got two great mentors here joined with me today and uh, they're experts in supporting early career teachers. So let's start by Andy. What is a mentor in the context of the ECF? Morning Georgie, yes. So um, in terms of mentoring, I guess quite a traditional definition, but we've got um, some kind of expert teacher working with a novice teacher to support them in the early stages of their development. Um, wherever possible, you know, ideally that should be a subject specific mentor in the same department um, as the early career teacher to really help with their um, subject knowledge development, but also how to convey, um, you know, the more challenging aspects of that subject to students without uh, embedding misconceptions. Um, and I think there's a, a quite a focus in the early career framework on instructional coaching as a um, model of support and delivery. And uh, I think it's got huge potential if it's done well. Um, and I think maybe where there's been a little bit of, um, I don't know, difficulty with the implementation of this is um, around that instructional coaching and maybe becoming a bit of a straitjacket, a bit rigid. And I th- I personally, I think some of it is from that word instructional. Um, sounds as though it's the mentor giving instructions to the um, to the early career teacher. And it's just an American phrase. They talk about instruction in American teaching, and this is where that original research came from. So I think once we kind of understand that and make sure we know this is not just about a mentor telling the early career teacher what they need to do, and actually it's a bit of a partnership and it's supportive and it's developmental, um, you know, that's a, a great mechanism for improving for improving teaching. Sounds like a, a wonderful opportunity for both the, the early career teacher and also um, for a mentor sort of going into sort of helping and supporting somebody within their, their school community. Sounds um, 
really encouraging and actually a great opportunity. And Helen, I know you've got a wealth of experience around coaching and mentoring. So we're, we're very privileged to have you here. And I'm going to throw you right in the deep end and say, what does a great mentor have to do? So I think, I mean, if, if you look at it in terms of the ECF, um, uh, you know, a mentor has to have, a, 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 as a bare minimum, a regular meeting with their mentee. So every week um, they get a whole hour together and it's tempting to go only an hour, but actually in a, whole, in a, in a school week, a whole hour together is quite a lot of time. Um, and I think those regular meetings are, are key because that's where you build that mentoring relationship um, with your mentee I think alongside that then they give them support with um, not just their teaching but also the pastoral aspects mm -hmm. of their role um, the mentor also takes care of the pastoral needs of their mentee and that's where you know Andy said you know process is important with instructional coaching but actually people are important in that mentoring relationship needs to be fostered mm -hmm. I think one of the things that's really interesting about the role of the mentor in the ECF context is that separation um, of support and judgment the role of the mentor is to really support mm -hmm. um, their mentee and the judgmental role um, is, is taken on by the induction tutor and I think that's a really interesting concept um, Andy I don't know if you want to come in there and just share a thought on your experience of that, because you've been working with that in your school, haven't you? Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a good thing. It just, you know, before there was almost a bit of a conflict of interest in some ways, I guess, if you were the teacher that was investing time in the mentor, in the support and the development, but you were then also the teacher that observed them and decided if they were meeting the teacher standards and wrote reports, um, you know, that, that's difficult to do objectively. So I think kind of, splitting those um those aspects into separate um people is is probably a good thing we we frequently talk about safe spaces don't we particularly with our, our students and our pupils and actually it's a safe space for an early career teacher it's an opportunity to sort of say i'm really struggling here can you help me and, and point people in the right direction, um, as you said, without that judgment and and feeling that it's going to impact people's perception on you as a teacher. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's incredibly valuable. Um, Helen, did you want to expand on that? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we do. You make a great point there, Georgie. People learn best when they feel really safe, when they feel valued and when there's a sense of belonging um, in the school. And I think one of the things that it's important to remember with early career teachers is often, you know, they haven't just got a new job. They've moved to a new place um, and they might be kind of sharing a house with new people. And actually, they, they have lots of challenges um, in that in that context. And there are lots of things that they've got to, to get to grips with. So I think that notion of the safe space and being able to talk to your mentor um, is is really really important and you know I, I don't know I've, I've had some great mentors um, in in my time and I think that person who just really invests some time and interest in you um, can really help you to get off to a, a great start not just as an early career teacher but at different points in your career so you know if you have a mentor 
um, as a new middle leader or as a new senior leader, that value of mentoring, um, I think, is is retained whatever level you're at. And I think this whole idea with the early career framework of, you know, getting someone off to a great start, but thinking about the long term is really important. Yeah, totally, totally. And do you think everybody can be a mentor? Is it is it a role that anybody can step into? You know, what, what are the key characteristics of, of a mentor? Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that over time anyone can develop into with the right training and support. You know, mm. there's, it's um, there's probably some elements that come more naturally to some people than others, but there's definitely um aspects of mentoring that can be taught and developed over time i think it, it was interesting i was just thinking then as you were talking um helen about that you know you might have somebody who's moved across the country this might be their first job um i think that's the the important thing with mentoring is that it, it's bespoke and it's not you know that kind of straight jacket we talked about because as much as we'll have those teachers who are 21 moved across the country and never worked before like increasingly we've got a lot of career changes you might have had 10, 15, 20 years yeah. of experience in whole different industries. Like they've got so many strengths um, and, and experiences to bring into teaching that the beauty of the mentoring is that it's so bespoke to the individual and where they're at and what their strengths are, what their kind of development needs are. So for me, an effective mentor, yes, can be anybody, but um, you know, men mentoring is hard. It's a big time commitment and you need that, that real genuine interest in developing the um the teacher you need to be approachable as you said like people work best and develop when they feel safe like you want your mentee to be able to come to you and say if they're struggling with something and not fear that they're going to be judged or um you know frowned upon um of course you want them to be knowledgeable they need to be experts in pedagogy and teaching and learning and the early career framework and it should be somebody that the mentee can look up to and think actually i really respect and value their knowledge um and then equally, yeah, supportive, um, understanding that your first few years in teaching are incredibly tough um, and it's a mentor's job to help them through that that first stage of their career. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Helen, did you want to expand on that? Yeah, I think, you know, um, your first job as a mentor is to get to know your mentee. Um, <laughs> and it, it's exactly the same when you teach a class. Um, great teachers get to know their students really well. Because at that point, when you get to know your mentee really, really well, that's when, you know, there's that psychological safety where someone can say that they're struggling or where you can give them some really, you know, um, perhaps kind of targeted feedback that will bruise them, that lands softly. And I think for me, kind of that relationship um, is, is so important because if you know your mentee, see really well you can meet them where they're at and then actually your support your feedback your guidance is gonna at that point be you know at its most useful to mm -hmm. to the mentee and you know that's what you want to come away from a mentoring session um, with someone saying isn't it that that was really really useful um, or that was really productive because then that hour is really well spent yeah totally totally so obviously being a mentor it sounds um a very very rewarding opportunity but there must be some challenges also for mentors 
that, that they face. So um, are there a sort of any kind of examples that you can share? Yeah, I think the main one is is time, like we're always fighting against the clock. Um, you know, just teaching your own classes is um, intense and kind of fills your head with your own students and their needs and, um, you know, your own workload. And taking on that mentoring role is, um, you know, being honest, it's a real big time commitment to take on board that development of somebody in their, the early stage of their career. So I think um, making sure you've got the time, um, you know, as with any kind of induction system, there's administration, there's paperwork that goes alongside mentoring, which can be uh, a challenge to get to grips with. Um, and also the the ECF is new, like mentoring is not new. We've had great mentors in schools for years and we should, um, you know, we should recognise that and recognise them. Um, but the actual framework and the processes that sit within it is is new. It's a lot to get to grips with and there's a, a training need for mentors um there as well yeah absolutely so do you have sort of one kind of top tip for mentors um you've either you're currently a mentor but you're not really sure what you're doing or you're an established mentor and you're looking for a refresh or you're thinking or you're being invited to become a mentor what would your top tips be around uh support as a mentor so for me, I think as a mentor, you're often seen as the expert, um, <laughs> you know, but I think you don't have to feel that you have all of the answers. Um, I think one of the key things about being a really effective mentor is that you have to model being the lead learner. And if you want your mentee to have, you know, a really open mind and be open to learning, then actually kind of mentoring in lots of respects is, is reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I always remember, um, you know, working with a, a an um, ITT student and an NQT um, with my classes and they were brilliant at technology um, and I was 20 years in and it was probably some of the best professional development that I've ever had working with them and observing their lessons yeah. uh, because it really built my confidence and I learned loads. So, you know, it, it, it's a two way process. Um, Andy, what, what, what's yours? I, do you know, I, I think exactly the same. Like you said, it's, um, of, of course, early career teachers have got a lot to learn from experienced mentors and we should recognise their experience and their knowledge and their strengths. But I've never mentored anybody where I've not learned loads from them. And it's, um, you know, as we've said, it's big time commitment, but it's also really rewarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great, it, you know, it, it's what teachers do is develop um children and, and take them from a starting point to hopefully a position where they're more comfortable more confident and it's applying that with adults in a, in a slightly different way but it's kind of our our bread and butter and it is really rewarding um you know to, to hold that position and to kind of feel like you're contributing to the development of the profession in some way yeah hello i think i think the other one that i'd probably add is you know um the one thing that you don't see in any of the frameworks or standards is the word perfect um, and, you know, what we've got to not expect anyone else to be is perfect. And, um, you know, for, for you as a mentor, don't aim to be perfect. You know, it's it's a learning experience. And, you know, as always, per- perfection, I think, is the enemy of progress. Um, often we learn best through making mistakes, um, you know, and, and, you know, perhaps not getting things right first time. Um, and I think, 
you know, in the same way as we'd say to mentees, ask for support if you need it. If you're struggling as a mentor with your mentee or there are some challenges, go and talk to the person who's leading the ECF in school and ask for some help. Um, we all need support at different points. This is new. We're all getting to grips with it. So don't be scared to go and ask, you know, ask for that support if needed. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so let's wrap up and, and say uh, one key takeaway this morning around uh, mentoring. So for me, I'd probably say um, mentoring is so powerful. There's such a big um, research base that this is something that's worth investing in that can massively help people. Um, but realistically, mentoring is only going to have that big impact on a, a teacher's development where it's done really well. Um, where the you know where that time is protected, where they get that support um, that they need from the mentor. So, for me, it's a great thing the kind of emphasis on um, mentoring in the early career framework and having that across the two years. Um, hopefully, alongside some really strong, purposeful mentor training. Um, and I guess my other key takeaway I would maybe say is, um, you know, we've said for mentors it can be really challenging to find that time to invest in the mentoring, but I would say, you know, if you're going to do it, and you're going to commit to being that mentor. It's so important that you're present in those mentoring sessions because it can be so easy to have one eye on your emails or be thinking about what, you know, what you're teaching yourself at 10 o'clock. Um, but actually, that early career teacher deserves your kind of undivided attention. So really try and kind of switch off your, your brain from whatever's going on in your um, teaching world and give them that, that full kind of undivided attention and be really present with them would be my kind of key takeaways on mentoring. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much both. Uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed that conversation around mentors and hopefully if you're becoming an early career teacher, you now got a better understanding of what, what your mentor will do for you. Um, and absolutely, if you're an existing mentor or thinking about it, that's given you some insights as well. In our next podcast, we will be unpacking and discussing how high should our ex expectations be. And as a teacher, our students' behaviour and progress is influenced by what our expectations of them are. We're role models and communicating our expectations is crucial in influencing students to behave well, making academic progress and generally having a high level of well-being. Our next podcast explores what high expectations in the classroom look like and we're going to consider strategies that we can use to embed these in our practice. Our After the Bell podcasts are released on a weekly basis and provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things education. You can listen to them on your daily commute, on your treadmill or as your focus of your day. Thank you for listening and thank you to Helen and Andy for joining us today.